Hello, and thank you for tuning in to the ALM Podcast. My name is Nicole Morris, and I'm the Marketing and Communications Manager for ALM. Today, we're going to talk about how to become irresistible to other industries' employees and bring them on board into the textile care industry. First, we're going to speak with Dina Griffin, owner and president of the Griffin Group Incorporated. The Griffin Group specializes in recruiting for the rental uniform and textile industry for the past 23 years. Companies contracting with the Griffin Group search for staff at all levels of the organization, from president to root and sales representatives. So what industries do you think would be a good fit to make a transition into the textile care industry? Service companies where they provide a service. These employees make a smooth transition into the rental and linen textile industry. From my experience in 21 and 23 years of recruiting in our industry, I recruit from somewhere between 45 to 48 service companies. Our industry is not glamorous, so attracting from similar types of services make great employees. For example, waste, pest control, rental car, distributors, transportation, bottling companies, uh, insurance firms, lawn and nursery services, payroll services, office supplies, vending machines, any type of service where they're providing a service, they make that good transition into our industry. Manufacturing employees are compensated at a higher scale than what our industry offers. For example, nuclear plants compensate their chief engineers at 120 to 150,000, where the textile industry is anywhere between 70 to 90 grand. Okay. It isn't all about the money, but you have to attract them and then re- retain those employees. Right. And when someone is making the transition from one industry to another, do you have suggestions of what management and leadership within the textile industry or the textile business can do to help them make their transition? Absolutely. Offering alternative career paths can provide more opportunities to focus on areas of the industry that interest them most and where they feel that they they can make the biggest impact. In order for our industry to succeed, leaders, hiring managers need to come out of the 1960s approach in regards to attracting talent. This includes making greater efforts of inclusion, supporting greater work flexibility, and attracting talent. This includes making, uh, for example, continued integration of digital and online tools that improve the experience of both staff and companies' clients. Companies need to work towards reflecting the world that it associates and clients live in. If our industry doesn't involve to appeal to talent, it's going to be left fighting over the leftovers of the talent pool. I think developing a strong employment brand to attract employees just as you would like a marketing plan to attract loyal customers. This should reflect your company's culture and set it apart from the competition. Uh, Perks to help you do this is building like a friendly, fun, flexible, collaborative company culture is key. Employees want to feel connected to their company and their team. So plan company outings and team building activities to keep employees engaged and allow them to bond with their coworkers outside of a work environment. You can create a display uh, or a description of your company culture on a career site 
employees are researching more today due to the technology and before interviewing with a company. You can also produce like a YouTube ad on your website, uh, offer an attractive compensation and benefits plan, an above average salary for the same position in another industry would be a good example. Uh, be willing to cater to the needs and wants of the talent. Right now, I think job descriptions are more focused on the needs supplies approach, which focuses on what the company can do for the candidate. Second of all, the demands abilities approach, which focuses on what the company expects from the candidate. More applicants respond to the needs supply job listings than the demands abilities, which focus on what your company can do for potential candidates. Okay. So a company is saying something like that they offer an opportunity for growth or that there's different paths that could be opened to them within the company, that that might be considered more of a benefit than... Exactly. Okay. And I think, you know, focusing on a building a strong employer brand, um, our industry is not glamorous. Uh, so it's, it's trying to build your brand to att attract new talent to, to, the, to come in on board in our industry. That's one of my biggest hurdles is trying to talk to someone outside of the industry and getting them involved in, in our industry. And I'm like, if you can sell a waste management program to a company, getting into a rental uniform company is, I think, a little bit more attractive than selling waste or pest control services. So I go to similar or lesser evils in our outside the industry to recruit them into our industry, and that makes a good transition. And I think that uh, interviewing skills uh, need to be improved. Uh, look for characteristics such as coachability, emotional intelligence, temperament, and motivation versus just the technical skills. Uh, I think companies need to take time to listen to their questions and set aside enough time for the interview. Mm -hmm. I think faster recruitment process, which reduces cost, improves candidate experience and supports your employer brand and delivers a better performance. Shorter recruitment cycles make it easier to attract high-quality candidates. Yeah, if they're sitting there wondering and wondering and wondering, then they may move on to something else and you've lost that candidate. That's right. You have to speed up that process because while companies are, they may call about a position and say we have a position open, but we want to see five different people or 10 different people for each different position. But right now, you got to strike while the iron's hot. If you've got somebody that's interested in our industry, it's, if you've got one or two people, we should be honored that they're taking a look at it. Again, because our industry is not that glamorous. Right. So you've got to, and I've got companies that I've, I've dealt with for many, many years. I send them one or two people and they're like, wow, this is, you know, this is exciting that they want to move from uh, Fargo, North Dakota to Iowa. So as we're waiting, we're going to lose somebody that's very interested. And it's just like going to buy a car. If you go buy a car and you're interested in buying a car, you're excited about it. But as time goes by, you get that cognizant dis dissidence where you're thinking, do I really need to buy this car? Mm -hmm. Do I really need to make this move to another company? Right. And I think when uh, – candidate when companies are interviewing they need to offer an amazing candidate experience which which makes a decision for someone moving into our industry easier when deciding which company a candidate should choose 
Um, the experience in the hiring process is a strong indicator of how they will be treated, how they will run, and how they will, and what they can expect from the company. And also, here's another point. Companies, if you're out there and you're trying to recruit someone from another industry, watch out for reviews about your company. Potential employees will seek out that information before making a decision. Right, because they don't know the industry, so yeah. Glassdoor, et cetera. Checking those uh, websites from time to time just to just to either handle the situation or try to figure out some way to deter that from happening. And the best candidates, like I was just uh, stating, they're off the market usually in 10 days. So I recommend moving fast and as and effectively as you know as as, as possible. So if a textile care company, like a laundry or um, distributor or anything like that, or even a rental um, service is looking to hire someone or if they have positions available, is there a way that works best for our industry in getting those listings out? I mean, obviously they could come to you and, and have you recruit, but if they don't have that amount of funds available for recruitment or something like that is is there a better one of the online sources or um, magazine or or how would you recommend that they do that absolutely uh, I would recommend I've got a couple of different ways to do that first of all when advertising choose a medium uh, is the first step which employees are more responsive to online social media such as Facebook LinkedIn, chat rooms, Google, and the ad must stand out and gain someone's interest. Be specific about what you are seeking. What is your company culture? If it, uh, if you've got a culture that is unlike any other, that needs to be described in the job description instead of trying to hide that. Also, listing a compensation plan. I noticed a lot of companies do not post their compensation plans. So that deters people automatically. Why do I want to uh, respond to an ad when I really don't know the compensation? So I highly recommend that. That's number one. Number two, career fairs. Uh, make sure that you have a strong presence at that booth, someone who can sell the company culture and profile. Number three, uh, 10 network meetings locally and statewide. Uh, Chamber of Commerce. They've got all these companies, service companies, manufacturing companies that you can get in contact with. You could post your jobs with the Chamber of Commerce, uh, Business Networking International, which is called BNI for short. It's the largest business networking and business referral organization. Number three, human uh, resources needs to sell, not just interview. They may bring somebody in to interview them, but they've got to sell that company. And if they're not passionate and if there's nothing to sell, no one's going to make a move to another company. Uh, another avenue would be colleges, universities, trade schools, and technical schools. Meet with career centers to discuss positions and maybe a program. Alumni, they visit their colleges and universities about postings all the time. Okay. Another avenue would be 
uh, when developing employee, customer, and vendor referral pro, uh, programs, offer like a bonus or a discount incentive. If you bring somebody to us, if you've got an employee and they refer somebody that may be a neighbor that work in the service industry, uh, give them a, a bonus incentive, a referral fee if they last within three to six months. Of course, you've got some people that will just name someone, they bring them on board, get paid, and then the employee uh, leaves the organization. So right. I put a time frame on that. I'd always uh, Another avenue would be I would always be recruiting and asking questions because you never know where top talent is located. Could be at a gas station, could be at a restaurant, could be at a... Um, uh, dinner theater, could be at a sporting event. Always be recruiting or looking at that person. If you like what that person may bring to the table, jump up, ask them what do they do, and they may have an interest in coming on board. Uh, would re when recruiting candidates for other positions for the company, inform them of positions available and ask for referrals. If you've got somebody there, that person may not be the ideal candidate for your company. But you may ask them, hey, do you know somebody that you can recommend to us? We don't see you being a good fit for this position. However, the position is open. Do you have a recommendation that you can refer to us? Uh, another avenue, I'm going to throw myself in here, utilize professional industry recruiters and be specific about what your hiring needs are so that you can, so that we can uh, be on target, so a recruiter can be on target of exactly what you're looking for. It's hard enough trying to recruit what you're trying to find, and we want to hit it with the bullseye. So that gives you a, a couple of different avenues that they can utilize. Definitely. Retaining your hard-won employee is a challenge. It's not a one-time win. A good solution is stay in communication with your employees. Uh, ask how their personal life is. Share your business missions and goals, and make sure that they have an open that uh, that you have an open door policy. Excellent points. Yes. Another thing that I would like to add is uh, companies can offer perks. They can start like a 401k plan on day one of employment. Oh, wow, making yeah. Making them wait 90 days or six months. Uh, that's a good way to uh, recruit talent. Uh, one hour time off plan during the day in addition to breaks and lunch. Let them pick like an hour during the day and they can go to the gym. That is something that I see if they have a little, you know, what can the, what can a co company offer that would be different than what they're currently uh, provided at their current employer? I, another one is the flex time off, work-life balance. That's big, especially for millennials. Uh, I just read in the uh, paper today, it said by 2020, 50% of the workforce will be millennials. Mm -hmm. uh, alternative plans to benefit plans that include health and well-being support, uh, student loan repayment assistance, mm -hmm. social off-work events, let's do things together to build that team environment, and a sense of purpose on the job. People like to feel like they have a sense of purpose, they want that communication with their managers. Uh, I think that's a, a great way to retain some of your employees. And I also think create an operating system 
that's a key word operating system within the organization where hiring managers and leaders can identify rising stars performance not potential and this is just not what the HR department's responsibility but the entire company's responsibility it depends on what you have in mind for their future at your company if you're grooming an employee for a future management role your company should evaluate capacity such as good time management and priority setting dependable decision-making willingness to take on more responsibility and good communication skills characteristics that make a rising star will differ between positions right and I think also formal formal annual reviews are ineffective at inspiring performance I think they need to be uh, completed on a daily weekly and quarterly review basis okay if things are brought up in an annual review that you know happened months previous and you're bringing it up with the with the employee and they're like well I don't remember that happening I can't tell you what the details were around it and that's it right yeah it's too late it's for them to correct it and then they put them on a 90-day performance evaluation and and then it's that's a very short period of time I mean it seems long but it's uh, it, I would I would like to know on a daily or weekly basis versus waiting quarterly or annually yeah I also think create a, a mentorship program which you can delegate some staff development responsibilities out of your team employees are uh, your company's greatest asset so make sure not to treat them just like a number you must grow great people if you want to set your company apart and attract top talent the best suggestion is to ask rising stars within your company to help recruit their replacements when they are ready to advance let the folks that are getting promoted interview their replacement because who's going to be the best person to sell that organization and the benefits that person that's been in that position who's the best one to know what's demanded of that position exactly too. yeah exactly well, again, thank you so much, Dina. I really appreciate it. This was You're welcome. This was great. I hope that uh, I have answered, you know, your questions that you were looking for. Absolutely. Hi, all. This is Linda Fairbanks, Executive Director of ALM. I want to be sure you save the date for our member reception, Boas and Beads on Bourbon. The reception will be on Friday evening, June 21st from 5.30 to 7.30 at the Jazz Playhouse at our host hotel, the Royal Sinesta. If you haven't booked your room for clean yet, make sure to book it there to join us for live dancing, music, bourbon tasting, and cigars. Many thanks to our sponsors of this event, MIP, Medline, Propeller Solutions Group, and Laundry Design Group. See you in New Orleans. Welcome back. Now we're going to talk to Johnny Williams, who is plant manager with Metropolitan Detroit Area Hospital Services. He spent 22 years in the automotive industry and transitioned into the textile industry only 16 months ago. So he is a real-life success story of making the transition from another industry into the textile care industry. I knew exactly uh, nothing about uh, the lending business. You know, I had 22 years in automotive, the, the way it started, it, it wasn't me. I, my wife said, you know, I'm, I'm sick of these hours with the automotive. I'm, I'm just, I'm over it. I said, well, you know, 
I'm not sure, you know, if there's anything out there that, you know, she said, well, if I find something, would you go on, on the, uh, on the interview? I said, yeah, you know, I'll go. You know, I, I didn't really take it serious. Mm-hmm. The next day she came back and said, well, you have an interview scheduled for Friday. Like, what are you talking <laughs> about? She's like, well, she said, well, I, I submitted your resume and they want to meet you and they want to talk to you. I said, well, wait a minute. Who, who is this? She's like, well, it's, Metropolitan Detroit Area Hospital Service. I, said, I don't know anything about hospitals. She's like, just go. You, you said you would. I, I said, okay, all right. Well, went on the tour, and I, I loved it. You know, I, and I explained to uh, my manager, uh, Dave Haas, I said, you know, uh, a lot of the challenges you're having with uh, people, it's, uh, you know, they don't have a production mindset. You know, a lot of them come in, and, you know, they'll work a little bit, you know, and so when the cat's away the mouse will play type of thing you know i said you you really have to get your supervisors in a team-based mode and get them to understand that you know it it, it starts with them you know if you allow things to happen on your floor then they'll do it you know what gets managed uh gets what gets managed and get followed up on gets corrected i've always been a firm believer that you you can't manage what you don't know exactly exactly every job every job on the floor i've i've uh you know, uh, ask people to, you know, step to the side and, uh, you know, let, let me see what I can do for a minute, you know, just to get the feel of the machine. And, and I'm, I'm looking at the laundry and the linen, how it's going through the machine, the way it's folding and just doing, uh, you know, uh, follow-up checks, you know, picking through the linen because you, you never know what can get out. And once it's out, it's out. And it's a, a big uh, spot on the whole industry, if you will, if, if you, if you continue to send out linen, like that and, and right. just you know it's, it's, it's been real real eye-opening for me how can we help others who are maybe making the transition from other industries into the laundry care industry or the textile care industry how can we best help those people to tra- make that transition you know what skills do they need to focus on what skills are is it that will transfer well that sort of thing you know you can't manage what you don't know so for me, it was, I had to have boots on the ground. I was out there just watching, uh, trying to understand the job, actually getting on some of the gown folders and the blanket folders just to learn the job and doing a mental uh, time study myself to see actually how long it took to do the job. So, you know, you knew how long it should take, you know, for this product to get down the line. And with uh, the automotive, you had conveyors and, you know, the line didn't stop. You know, that line stopped. You had a lot of people from the big brass coming out trying to figure out what's going on. So, right. you know, if, if you have the tools and you have the product, then you have to look closely at your people. Because, I, like I said, I, I was so green when I came into the laundry for the first time. And I'm just so thankful that it was a, a, a laundry that really did what they were supposed to do in regards to chemicals and how they're supposed to be washing and the temperature everything tied together and made sense to me. But when I first walked in, my first time I looked at a, a, a tunnel washer, I looked at the top of it. I said, okay, well, that's where the guy must climb up and pour the soap powder in. I mean, it's a, a washing machine. That's, that's all I knew. You know right. what I mean? Right. Did your management not have like a process in place to help you make that transition? It was more that you just boots on the ground, learned on the job, you, you had to figure it out yourself or, I mean, cause you know, ALM has some of the smaller certification, the certificates that we offer of the CLT and the CWT. I mean, have you looked at that 
stuff at all, or did you participate in any, in any of that? I was uh, doing, you know, a web search, and I was looking at a lot of different things, and I asked my general manager about ALM, and he was like, oh, yeah, you know, he uh, sent me some things about them, and he, he told me, he said, it's a great organization, and when I started researching, you know, first thing I came in contact with was being CLLM certified and RLLD certified, and a lot of the emails I was getting, I was seeing those uh, letters on a lot of the people's names that were contacting me because I'm, I'm now managing the plant. Right. I'm like, CLLM, you know, I have a bachelor's degree and a master's degree. I'm like, what, what does that mean? So I'm researching myself, and I'm like, well, how do you become certified? He was like, we have to go to the Laundry and Linen College. I'm like, they have a college for Laundry and Linen? He said, absolutely. <laughs> he said, uh, I, I can put you in contact with some people. And, you know, I said, he said, would you, would you want to go? I said, yes, sir. Absolutely. I, I, whenever you can fit me in, I would definitely be on the first plane down there. I, I think, you know, for me, um, the, uh, the Laundry and Linen College was like the glue for me. It was the light bulb. It, it made everything make sense. I had so many people, you know, trying to help me. You know, I was surrounded by people that had been in the in the field for about 30 years. So, you know, a, a lot of the talk that they were saying, a lot of the lingo was, you know, linen language that, you know, I'm supposed to know, but I, I didn't. You know, right. and I was embarrassed that I didn't know this language. And I'm like, you know, how do I make this make sense? You know, I don't want to sound like I don't know what I'm talking about, but I don't. You know, I'm just... I'm to the point where I need, I'm a fish out of water and I have to understand this. So when that opportunity came up and I went down there to uh, Richmond, Kentucky for the Laundry and Linden College, it seems like they started from scratch and just broke everything down that I had been surrounded by, you know, from the time that I started, from the tunnel washers, how they work, um, you know, what type of temperature you need in order to get a clean load, uh, why we, we wash and uh, the way we washed and poundage in regards to uh, two bags, you know, it was just, everything made sense. And when I came back to uh, this operation, when I came back to work, everything I was looking at just looked shiny and new. I said, okay, now I understand <laughs> what that is and why it does what it do and how it works. And I can explain it to somebody else, you know, and I think that helped in regards to the floor because a lot of the supervisors, you know, they had been here <clears throat> for a while, had been, you know, and other laundries, and they, um, you know, kind of understood a little bit about production. Just you know, let's get let's get it out, let's get it out. But a lot of the machines they were around, they didn't understand the mechanisms of it and how you know it all tied together in regards to soil, from the clean side to distribution to getting the customer, you know, exactly what they ordered. You know, a lot of times the uh, I'm, I'm in the hospital uh, uh, laundry field, and you know, 100% of our patients will need our services and this is the first thing they come in contact with. So you have to make sure what you're sending out is A1 product, you know, so they didn't have any uh, standards in place where the supervisors were double checking and checking in before it left and got on the truck to make sure that they are getting exactly what they ordered and, and everything was clean like it was supposed to be. If you had someone coming in from another industry yourself, now having the background that you've had and, and coming from a different industry, what would you do to help them make that transition? I would say definitely don't don't come in too fast and, and kind of learn how everything ties together and start off in, in uh, each department, you know, because, you know, if, if you come in and you're just on the clean side, 
you'll start understanding the clean side, but you won't understand how the soil ties to it. So if somebody was transitioning from any industry and coming into the laundry, uh, I think it should be a step-by-step -step program for them, I think helped me tremendously. I'll, I'll be running soil in the next week. I'll come over in the clean side the week after. I'll stay in distribution the week after that. You know, so I understood what I was seeing. You know, I was seeing a lot of people moving around and, you know, doing hand folding in the dry fold area and distribution. I need to know how to weigh out a cart. I need to make sure I understood what I was managing. Right. And it, it, took, it took time, you know, it, it took time. And I asked a lot of questions. So definitely, I think that would be number one on the list for a person not to feel overwhelmed, you know, and just, you know, going to each department and, 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 you know, take it slow. Just, you know, understand how that department works before you go to the next. I really appreciate you taking the time to speak with me. It's been great talking to you and, and, you know, congratulations on your successful transition into a new industry. Oh, no problem. Anything I can do to help. And thanks again to all of you for tuning into the podcast. Don't forget, if you're not receiving Fresh Magazine, make sure that you're subscribed today. If you have any questions, feel free to call us at the office at 859-624-0177, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Monday through Friday, or contact us at the Contact Us link on our website.